I want to start today with a shout out to Northern Virginia Orthodontics. It opens its doors in Brambleton, Virginia in 2008, but has grown into four locations and has changed over 20,000 smiles. NVO is proud to be the number one Invisalign provider in the nation and has treated more Invisalign patients in the DC metro area than any other provider. Check them out on the web, www.nvorthodontics.com. You all wake up, your classes have to be over by 1 p.m. So you have to work your schedule around that. You finish class, you have to pick up lunch on the way to the field. You eat at the field, you get dressed, you warm up, you throw, and then we start practice. And we're practicing for four hours, whatever. And then depending on when you pitch, you like have certain days when you lift. So maybe after practice, you'll lift. You really, you live at the field. You're listening to the Real Recruiting Story Podcast, where current college baseball players reflect on the recruiting process. Every player has a personal story that hasn't been shared until now. The quest to get committed by a college doesn't have to be a difficult journey. Mark Wright has coached dozens of high school baseball players, helping literally hundreds of showcase players navigate the next chapter of their careers. And now, here's your host, Mark Wright. All right, welcome to the show, Nate Stavino. Nate, how are you, buddy? How's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I think with you, we need to go first. You're a little unique, for sure, out of Northern Virginia. I know Bukakis did it. There's other people that do it in the nation. It seems more relevant in the last couple of years, but you left high school early. So why don't you tell us about that? Like, how do you come to that decision that you're going to leave high school early? And from what I recall, you went during, like, over Christmas break to college. Is that correct? Yeah, January, January, 2020, I went. So, so yeah. how do you actually do it? Like, how does someone leave high school early? And what went into that decision? So I would say the spring before my junior year, maybe, I started talking about it with my parents and just like people in my circle. And when it came to the summer, right before my senior year, I like decided that's what I'm going to do. I've been talking with Coach O'Connor at UVA about it, my parents, everyone, and we decided that's what I wanted to do. That whole process was my senior fall. I had to go to another school that had this like accelerated program. So I just pretty much just took the credits I needed to finish high school. Like I had two English classes, a math and a something else. And it was just like some, something like that, just so I can finish my credits in high school. That's literally it. And then in the, uh, it was like January 10th, I went to UVA and they just threw me in there with a random kid as my roommate. And that's how I got there through that. So instead of going back to Padunk College, you go to a different school. Was it nerve wracking going to a school, especially knowing you've got to do good? Like, this is it. This is the ticket to get to UVA early. Yeah. And then hides the trepidation once you were in it. Was it just like being in class, just taking the classes you needed? Would that be fair to say? Like, it was just specific classes or was there anything about it that was more stressful than normal? I mean, sure. I guess I was nervous going in there, but this, the school it really wasn't like too difficult. It was really just, you just got to get the credit. It's really how it was. So it wasn't bad at all. And it was, I just got it done. The school days were shorter and everything. So it was nice. It was just like this little school and yeah, I mean, I just, I got it done and it was, wasn't too bad at all. Okay. So before we go even further back in the recruiting process, 
you said January 10th. Now this sounds crazy to me. So you usually the talk is like, you get there for fall and you meet the team or guys get there earlier and you meet just the freshmen. There's an integration process normally yeah. for people. Talk about sink or swim being thrown in. You literally, you meet the team after they had a full fall. How does that happen? Tell me about the first day of practice when you're like with the guys, how does that unfold? Yeah, no, it was definitely a scary thing to do. I was like a seven, I was 17 when I got there. I was a 17 year old kid. 17 year old kid. At yeah. UVA. Awesome. Yeah, no, I just remember just getting there. I just remember just getting there. I was real quiet. I mean, I didn't know a single person. They didn't know me. It was a great team. They, uh, they all came up and talked to me. They made me feel welcome. So that's, that definitely made it a lot easier for me. But at first it was definitely just nerve wracking, just especially like, no, I didn't like, I didn't know how to like get to class and stuff, like how to use the buses. Like, cause I mean, I, 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 like, I didn't even have like an orientation. Like I was, I was like, I didn't know what to do. And, but they, they were very helpful. They texted me every day. Like, especially the kids in my the year that I just went to, they would text me and, you know, ask to like do stuff with me and all this stuff. So it was, it was cool. All right. So let's dial it back. So several years prior. So you're on the recruiting circuit. What grade were you in when you talked to your first college? Sophomore year, UVA was the first school I talked to. Oh, awesome. And, and then, so this is, so I've always wanted to go to UVA. It's always been like my dream school and everything, especially from being from Virginia and everything. So literally sophomore year, I've been talking to them like that summer going into sophomore year. And first offer, they give me it. I take it. Didn't talk to any other schools. That was it. That's pretty awesome. Now, how did you end up talking to them? Where did they see you? So my pitching coach, John Pinkman, he's like a local guy. He, he knew Carl Kuhn when he was so coaching. Well-known, obviously. But yeah. So Pinkman, you're just doing lessons. Is this what it is? You're doing lessons. And so he refers you to. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. He just tells Carl, come watch me pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the rest is history. He just watch me a few times. And then they gave me an, I, I went and visited toward the school and they gave me an offer and I, they took it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially since that was right around the time or preceded, I think they changed the recruiting rules with younger guys. They tried to slow down the recruiting yeah. process. Yours is a good story because you're number one, you played a little bit more each year, you've been better each year, your team USA, yours, obviously everything you did was freaking perfect, but they tried to slow the process for all the guys behind you to make it. Really, yeah. yeah. I wonder what your process would have been like if had you done that now, you certainly you couldn't have gone on a visit prior to going. I guess camps are the way everyone gets to meet people at camps. So that keeps that early recruiting options alive. Throwing in games for your, you threw it for Pinkman. Did UVA ever come see you at your high school or for showcase and or both? Never high school. Travel, I would say, is when they saw me. Travel ball. So I only went yeah. to like four showcase events my like whole career, and that was... That like junior year circuit when the PDP, Under Armour, Perfect Game. Those are the only ones I went to. Team events. So you went to team events to showcase with nationally. So individually, they would just, they would see me with my travel team, just like at random tournaments. That's how Carl Kuhn saw me. But like for my individual like process, those are like the only events I individually went to. Okay. And then so your sounds a little unique, which is great. If you had to say, but Stewie, whether it was your showcase team going in individual events or having a connection with your pitching guy, was it the pitching coach that helped the most? So for UVA, for UVA, yeah. 
because he's the one that got in contact with Carl Kidd. That's how he saw me. But just for just looks wise, those events have hundreds of scouts. So, I mean, those those events are the ones that put me on the map. Yeah. Awesome. And so when you committed, what was your fastball and what was your breaking ball, if you remember back then? My velo? Yep. My slider was probably, it was like high 70s, I think. Okay. My fastball was like anywhere from two to six. All right. And so what changes, if any, have you made? Have you changed your pitch design? Do you throw a different breaking ball? Does it move different? Is it sharper? Is your velocity? Have you made any changes over the last couple of years? My, I can get my, I've gotten my slider up this past season to like 80. I've gotten up to like 86, 87, but it usually sits between like two to four. Fastball is relatively the same, but I've, I haven't really changed anything with the fastball. And then I just, I introduced a change up, which is like mid eighties. So that's been very helpful. Helps you need, you always need that third pitch mix. So it's, it's been really good. Yeah. Throwing up. Mid to upper 80 slider, it seems like it, it could get it done too. Good stuff, man. That's yeah. awesome. So let's talk about pitching drills. What are some, what would be two drills that are just Nate Savino, whether you got them from your pitching coach, your high school coach, you got them there at UVA, Reeston, before, or what are two things Nate Savino likes to do to help that you think are a staple of your, your pitching mechanics? So my favorite type of stuff is dry work. That's how I always have done it. My pitching coach has introduced me to that. That's from a young age, so I've always like stuck to that. And I would say towel work, just like holding a towel in your hand and like slapping, like going through your motions, repeating your mechanics. I would say that is one for sure. And the other one, I would say I've been doing this a lot lately is just going on a mound, dry work again, ball in hand, just going through my motion, but pausing at the top when I get to like my peak leg kick and just feeling my hips go first and having that force and just because that's where all you know your velo comes is from your lower half so once you get to your peak just let your hips go first and then follow it with your upper bodies awesome yeah. yeah so your power comes from your lower half and you were freakish looking big like in a good way like strong for your age what about lifting when did you start lifting because you always seemed so physical ever since i had ever seen you pitch in high school were you just gifted or did you work out or a combination of both? I wouldn't really say I was gifted with like muscle, but I mean, I've been working out. My dad's always just been pushing me. Like even in middle school, I worked out, but I wouldn't say I really did much because I was just a middle schooler. I didn't really care about it. But once I got to high school, I really started like realizing like I needed to do this. And I, that's actually when I started going to power train and you can't like cut corners there. They, they'll stare down you and make sure you do every rep and push yourself. So I would say that really helped me, you know, gain all my strength and I was a chubby kid. Like I, I really had to work to get strong. Oh, really? Okay. See, I didn't know you before then. So power train, did you do power train after high school? Did you ever come back and do it as a college athlete? Yeah. I'd go there for like two weeks at a time. Cause I would either go to like, I'd be doing baseball the other times. Like I just wouldn't be home. So here and there I'd pop in for a week or two, but yeah, those was the only times I would go back. Cause after the 2020 season was COVID. So they were shut down. And then I came back, but only be there for a week. And then I would have to go to like summer ball. It was like stuff like that. So now how about right now? So I like the drills that you shared that were just specific to you. How about 
in the weight room and legs. For you specifically, what do you think in your mind are two staples that you've been doing? And at least for, for the foreseeable future, you would think you'll do these exercises. You think they work for you. What do you think you do to get strong legs? So for legs, I honestly stay away from upper body. Like I don't bench or anything because just puts you at risk for your shoulders. So I like do mostly legs and I love lunging and you got to do a lot of uh, like quick twitch, like exercises helps a lot, even with no weight, but I like lunging, squatting, just like broad jumping, box jumping. Sure. Sounds great. Just stuff like that. Just like fast twitch to get your like muscles going, keep that strength and your smaller muscles and everything. Now, how about your diet? Besides you joking, saying you were a chubby kid. What about college there? It seems like it's probably easier in college than when you're at home at your house. What are some big deals as far as eating? What do you need to put in your body to help you stay strong? What do you think? What do you do? A lot of, a lot of protein, a lot of steak, a lot of chicken, carbs. What is it for you, Nate Savino? Right before I went to college, I was 195. And my coach just was like, you're going to need to put on weight. So I went up to 220. And those have got to include you know, just like peanut butter jelly, and what I did a lot was my mom would make dinner and I'd make a side of like chicken and rice to go with that and have a shake later at 9 p.m. I found that the best way to gain weight for me. And then I get to school after that COVID season. We were in COVID, so I was, we were all in quarantine at home. I honestly didn't feel great. I was like 220. I was felt chubby. So I was like, you know what? I cut down to 185. I'm very strict. I feel like I have great self-control with certain things. So I was just like, I'm going to do this. I did it. And then before the season, the summer going into the season, my coach told me he thinks I need to put on weight. So I did. So now I'm back to 210. I feel good. And I think I'm just going to maintain it here. Good stuff. Let's go back a little bit to June 10th or more specifically. We'll go weeks, months past that. So what was the practices prior to the season starting? Because at least you had a couple of weeks. And then even midweek practices I know it's probably not as intense as the fall, but compared to high school, how is your college life different than high school? It's a whole other story. It's, you can ask anyone on our team, we're at the field six or seven hours a day. And we're not practicing that whole time, but this is like a day in the life of like our spring, I would say. It's, you, I wake up, your classes have to be over by 1 p.m. So you have to work your schedule around that. You finish class, you have to pick up lunch on the way to the field. You eat at the field. You get dressed, you warm up, you throw, and then we start practice. And we're practicing for like four hours, whatever. And then depending on when you pitch, you like have certain days when you lift. So maybe after practice, you'll lift. You really, you live at the field. I have night classes too. So like after practice, I might have a class I have to go to. So yeah, no, it's a grind for sure. The spring's a little easier because we're obviously playing, but it's still, we're still at the field during the week grinding. So it's definitely a grind, but you got to love it if you want to play college baseball. You threw enough to where you pretty much, at least in my opinion, didn't look like you had to throw in summer leagues, but why would you not throw for Team USA? So how about we talk about that? How did that process work out for you? And just to experience it in general, let us all live vicariously through you and that experience. Tell us about it. Yeah, that was certainly a grind as well. It seems like great. It was great. I was blessed with that opportunity, but you're there, you go, you get there. We we started in North Carolina at like their official site. And then we traveled to, we're inter-squatting too. We're not playing like other teams. So there was like 40 of us and they just split the teams to like 2020 or whatever. And we went to Tennessee, West Virginia. And we're, it's, it was like, people would tell me like, it's like minor leagues. Like you just, you wake up, you go to practice. 
you go back to the hotel, you eat, you go to the game, wake up and you do it again. And that was like every day. And, and then we, yeah, we do, we get on a bus, go to another stadium or whatever. So it was definitely a grind, but it was, it was still cool wearing that Jersey. Sure. That's awesome for you. Super awesome experience. I assume let's talk scouting reports in college compared to high school, which I assume is relatively non-existent. What's the day in the life of preparing to pitch? You got to the point where you started a boatload of games both this year and last year. So you had the benefit of knowing who you were throwing against and when you were throwing. How does that shake out? Like, what's that process? Uh, honestly, like high school, I barely remember. You just finish school and you'd walk to the field in high school and I would hit BP and then I would finish BP and start warming up. That's how it worked. But <laughs> college, it's completely different. If you're starting that day, like you do whatever you want. Like, the game, let's say the game's at like 1 p.m. For me, I start like an hour and a half for the game. Because I know some people, oh, that's crazy. Like, why do you need that much time? I'll do, I'll start like, like roll out, stretch, do my like lower half, all that type of stuff. At, if the game's at 1, I'll start at 11.40. And then I'll give me the 12. And then 12 to 12.20, I do my upper body stuff like bands and whatnot, roll out my shoulder. And then at... 1220, like 1225, I'll throw. And then that will take me to like 1235. Then I'll get in the pen at 1240. And then the pen, I'll be like, it'll take me like, I'll say like 12 minutes. So I go back and I'm in the dugout for another eight minutes. I'm like sitting there relaxing. And I do that because, because in my bullpen, I'll do my first, I'll go through the windup do whatever, sit down, then go from the stretch. Then I'll go to the dugout and sit down. So that gives me that mentality of I'm already pitched two innings. So I'm going out for my third inning. So I should be like comfortable and ready to go. I like that. That's awesome. Now, was that something you have had that you did this year? Or would you say you've done it since you've been there at UVA? That's something I implemented this year. Definitely this year. I was just trying to remember if I did it last year as well. Now hitting, you were a stud in high school, so let's dial that back too. Did you hit when you were playing in the travel showcase circuit or did you just pitch? I just pitched. I was too scared to hit. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I loved hitting. I was great in high school, but after high school, like, I didn't hit for like three months and I don't want to go step up and face these guys that are throwing 95. And I've never seen that before. So I was like, nah, I was just pitch. In a typical high school league, you were a big threat though still, no doubt. You committed early by all counts. As far as the process, some kids have to go to a bunch of camps. Some people have to go to specific college camps. Some people tour, play with different showcase teams, a jump showcase team, a showcase team. Sounds like your process was pretty dreamy or easier compared to some. You grind it, get there. But that being said, just now that you're already on the other side, you're on the back end of this chapter, really. Just from your experience and talking to your buddies at college, what do you think is like the best advice for someone who's just trying to get recruited in general, general. Yeah. Just from what I did, you should have to work really hard early on. I went to Pinkman like every single day since I was nine years old. I had to work so hard and, and I, I never jumped travel teams. I was played for diamond elite local team my whole time. I like, I feel like in my opinion, I don't feel like kids try to do too much. Sometimes they think, being on other teams or being at other schools 
makes you like get more opportunities. And sure, that may be the truth, but in my opinion, that never was. I just had to grind and it made me the player I was. And because of that, people came to me. And also just having, like I said, John Pinkman, like people like that in your life to that just have like context. It's great to have like people like that, that know other people to put your name out there. But just from performance, if you just perform well, people will show up, people will talk. And then that's when you'll get the invites to a perfect game, like Under Armour. And once you get to those and you made it, like that's you're pitching or playing in front of hundreds of scouts. I just remember like pitching at PDP and there's literally a hundred guns, like shoot it up right by and you're just like staring at you like, oh my God, really, you just got to work hard and your play will talk for you. Would you say what was the one or two most highly scouted events with pro scouts? In PDP, I guess. That was nuts. Because we're every is the top 80 kids in the country. So they're, of course, they're going to be there. A perfect game was nuts. From what I just noticed, I saw the most at PDP, but I'm sure there was just as many at those other ones too. Well, that's awesome, man. You've given a lot of good advice. Number one, just on the day to look at college. Your advice to everybody else is just to put your head down and keep grinding. I agree with you. I think too many kids, even the ones who do change schools or the ones that do travel teams or showcase teams that do get committed, it'd be mm-hmm. easy for those kids to say it worked for them. But I think yeah. I'd probably align more with you with, you'll never be able to quantify had they not have left their high school or could it have still worked out? And I'm probably more on line with you. If you're doing everything behind the scenes and you're going to like a Pinkman and a powertrain and you're getting everything right, there's ways for you to ultimately the players commit themselves at the end of the yeah. day. Not everyone has to be great like you and do it as a sophomore. So if it takes someone until the fall of their senior year, I like how you put that. Basically, you can do it yourself and you can get it done at your own high school on whatever travel team you want to. So that, that's yeah. good stuff. Exactly. Good, man. I appreciate talking to you and I wish you the best of luck. I know you've got the draft coming up. you got a good college year coming. you got all kinds of things. Future's super bright for you. So... Yeah, one way or another, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be fun watching you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please tune into our next episode, and thanks for listening.